Welcome to The Bean Pod, a podcast about decentralized finance and the Beanstalk protocol. I'm your host, Rex. Before we get started, we always want to remind everyone that on this podcast, we are very optimistic about decentralized finance in general and Beanstalk in particular. With that being said, three things. First, always do your own research before you invest in anything, especially what we talk about here on the show. Second, while you're doing that research, try to find as many well-developed opposing viewpoints as possible to get the best overall picture. And third, never ever invest money that you can't afford to lose or at least be without for a while. And with that, on with the show. So the next component of Beanstalk that I wanted to talk through with you is the field. And um, as folks interact with the protocol and with individuals that are involved with it, um, the field and, and, and pods are usually one of the first items that are discussed. And there's a lot of talk around things like interest rates and return on investment. And so it's probably worth digging in a little bit and talking about those components. So Pulis, would you talk us through the field in general and then pods in particular? So the field is the decentralized credit facility of Beanstalk. Now, Beanstalk is a decentralized credit-based stable coin. It's always, it, the protocol is designed to be decentralized in many ways, but decentralized credit is also part of, you know, the phrase decentralized credit also means something in the sense that anyone can lend to Beanstalk. And so Beanstalk, in short, when there's excess supply of beans, when there's not enough demand for beans at the margin, such that the price of a bean is trading below a dollar, below its peg, Beanstalk is, in theory, able to create demand for beans uh, by attracting lenders, people that are willing to lend beans to Beanstalk. And so it, from a theoretical perspective, as long as Beanstalk is able to attract creditors uh, under the credit-based model, Beanstalk should be able to attract enough demand for beans because it only borrows beans. It won't borrow anything else. If people are willing to lend beans to Beanstalk, Beanstalk should be able to remove enough beans from the supply to ultimately return the bean price back to its peg. So I want to stop you right there to talk about that just a little bit more. And and this is a really common um, hesita- hesitancy or um, critique of the of the protocol. Um, and I think it's more of a misunderstanding than an actual issue. And so when we talk about the, this idea of attracting creditors. Um, I get the impression that there are folks out there that when they see that phrase, they think, oh, so this protocol needs to attract creditors. So what you're telling me is that this is a Ponzi scheme because, you know, by attracting creditors, it's using that new money to pay off existing debt and, you know, creating this Ponzi cycle, which I would say that 
those of us that are more intimately familiar with the protocol would say, no, that's not at all true because of something you just said about that idea of, of burning beans. But if you would take just a second and, and talk us through how this is, this is not an indicator of some type of, you know, Ponzi scheme where, where new debt pays off old debt. Well, the first thing to note is that, and there's a lot of different ways we could, we could talk for hours about uh, what a Ponzi scheme is and how Beanstalk doesn't fit into that. But fundamentally, the core mechanism of a Ponzi scheme is taking money from some people and then giving it out to others and telling the earlier investors uh, that, that the newer money that came in after is where they're you know, you're not telling them that, but ultimately you're saying we we earned you some sort of return. But in reality, you're just paying the old the earlier investors with the newer investors' money. And at some point, that comes crashing down. Now, the key thing to note there is you're ingesting money, and then the amount of money that you have to spit out um, is is purely a function of the money that comes in. That is the collateral problem, right? That's the core problem that Beanstalk ultimately solves. And so because Beanstalk can mint beans, and in the future when there's excess demand for beans, Beanstalk can mint arbitrarily amounts of beans to meet that new demand for beans. In reality, it's not that uh, new money is paying back old money. It's, it's that creditors are creating utility in the form of bean stability. And by creating utility for beans, they have a reasonable expectation that in the future, there will be more demand for beans such that all of their loans will be paid back. And so you can think of lending beans to Beanstalk as providing a service in the same way that Ethereum or Bitcoin miners are providing a service that creates a certain utility. And then they receive a return in the form of seniorage of their native currency that they're creating the utility for, right? The Bitcoin miners get paid in Bitcoin. So they're actually spending money. They're spending resources in the form of electricity and physical, they have to acquire physical hardware to, to receive Bitcoin. So in the same way, you have people that are lending beans to beanstalk in the field uh, in, the, in, in, in exchange for pods, which are the promise of beans in the future. In reality, you have people spending resources that are not in beanstalk to consume and burn beans when they lend them to Beanstalk in exchange for a promise of more beans in the future. But ultimately, if you don't believe that you're creating utility by by lending to Beanstalk, then there's no reason to lend to Beanstalk, right? So the idea is when you're lending to Beanstalk, you're contributing to the utility of beans by creating stability, and then you get to participate in the growth of Beanstalk in the growth of the bean supply in exchange for creating that utility. And again, the fundamental difference there is because Beanstalk can mint beans in the same way that the Bitcoin protocol can mint Bitcoin, uh, that's the fundamental difference. Whereas in a Ponzi scheme, there's a fixed amount of money and you you just have to redistribute that money in, in ways that reward certain people. The ability to mint beans or mint Bitcoin uh, is what fundamentally changes that dynamic. Yeah, that's and that's that's the point that I would really want to emphasize, and it's what I wish I could shout from the rooftops during some of these, um, you know, some of these tweets that I see that are less favorable, where where there's confusion, 
it's the idea that this is not a Ponzi scheme because, as you said, it's not a situation where new money is paying off old debt. It's a situation where new money is taking supply, free-floating bean supply off the market, thereby creating a shortage, which raises the price. It's, it's serving that function rather than paying off some kind of particular debt. And then in return for that lender's willingness to take those those beans off the market and raise its price, they get that larger return on their investment as a way of essentially the protocol saying, thank you for you know lowering my free-floating supply. Yeah. And it's important to realize that uh, the other thing is that this is all a hundred percent transparent, right? The the terms of the loan, uh, pods are paid back on a first in, first out basis. And so fundamentally, each pod is worth one bean at some point in the future. But when you will get to redeem your pod for a bean is a function of where you are in the pod line. And all of that information is a hundred percent transparent and open. Whereas in the case of a Ponzi scheme, you have some sort of expectation that someone's earning a return on your capital doing God knows what. In this case, everything is 100% transparent and open. Absolutely true. And not only is it open through the different resources that we have, it's actually relatively easy to analyze now. And that's that's information for another episode. I'm sure we'll be uh, talking to Tabik or some of the other folks that are doing analytics for us, and we'll be able to talk about how they make data both interesting and really beautiful. Uh, but you were talking about being in the pod line and that first in, first out. Um, I'm going to talk about the pod marketplace with you here in a second. Uh, but is there anything that you'd want to want to emphasize when it comes to that, the pod line, the first and first out components, anything else you want to touch about, touch on with that before we kind of pivot towards the pod marketplace? So the only thing that might warrant additional clarification is what is soil? So Everything in Beanstalk is farming themed, as I'm sure you've gathered by now. Uh, but soil is the willingness to borrow beans. So Beanstalk has to denominate in some capacity how many beans it needs to borrow, right? And so soil is the willingness to borrow beans. So anytime there's soil, Beanstalk is saying it is willing to borrow beans. And each one soil uh, only accepts up to one bean in, in the soil. So you can only lend uh, the amount of beans to beanstalk as there is soil. Uh, and then the other term, which we didn't mention, but it's just people sometimes find confusing, is the weather. So the weather is the interest rate for lending beans to beanstalk. So anytime there's soil, you can lend beans to beanstalk. And when you lend beans to beanstalk, you receive pods, Right. So pods are redeemable for one bean in the future, but the question is, well, how many pods do I get? The number of pods that you get is dependent on the weather, which is the interest rate of the system. And the interest rate, the, the weather, uh, changes potentially up to 3% every season, every hour in beanstalk, every, again, everything farming things. So the hour is called a season, 
every season, the weather can be changed up to 3%. Yeah. And I guess what I'll say in addition is this is a podcast. So obviously we're limited a little bit by uh, the methods of communication we have. Uh, For those of you who are are a little bit more visual, um, I'll give a quick shout out to all the folks that are doing development work on our behalf. There are actually some really good infographics that have been developed uh, to help explain things like soil and weather and pod rate. And what I would do is invite anybody that has questions to either hop on to uh, our Discord or to reach out to somebody through Twitter. Uh, We have those resources available. We can get them to you and certainly can answer questions. So a lot of stuff going on. There's some pretty complex mathematics. And then the farming theme, for what it's worth, Publius mentioned it, like it's, it's all there. And you almost have to like kind of give yourself over to it. Once you're like good with it, it's, it's, it, it works really well. Um, but yeah, to just to provide additional resources, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Twitter or, uh, or hop onto our Discord. The Bean Pod is a production of Beanstalk Farms. You can find us on Twitter, Discord, and our home on the web at bean.money. You can also find me on Twitter at RexTheBean. And as a final reminder, this podcast is not financial advice. Thanks again for listening.